Welcome back to This Is How We Do It with Howie, Shep, Fish, DC, Drew, and Old Johnny. It's Friday afternoon here in Washington, and we have a great show for you guys. Let's get to it. One, two, three, four. All right, Shep, how's it going? What's going on? Not bad. I'm a little nervous performing in front of a live studio audience today. So yeah, we're, we have a full, full house today yeah. in our studio, so we're super excited about that. DC Drew has joined us back after his 11-4 and 4 run a couple weeks ago. Great to have you back. And... Old Johnny is here as well, so uh, super to have on. John here, and uh, also Fish is with us. Fish, how we doing? Feeling good, man. Happy to uh, happy to have you on the show. Uh, Long time listener, good time friend, first time guest. So super to have you here. Um, so last night uh, I made sloppy joes for the first time, and so for a lot of people who don't understand this, but sloppy joe in northern. What's your definition of sloppy joe? I mean, it's just like the like meat like you know kind of like thrown together with some sauce you know okay. you put it on a bun what's your definition of sloppy joe usually manwich okay but like the question what is, is how much ketchup do you put in it oh okay. gra- ground beef so, gra- yeah. so it's ground beef yeah. on a bun okay yeah, so, beef on a bun. so northern new jersey sloppy joe is a basically a cold reuben so you do rye bread coleslaw Turkey or roast beef. That's a New Jersey thing, or you just did that at your house? It's a northern New Jersey. If you go to a deli, if you go to a deli in northern New Jersey, that's what you're going to get. So when I left New Jersey for the first time, I was very surprised by this. So I never made. So last night I was like, you know what? I'm going to make sloppy. Never made more sloppy Joe, or like the traditional sense. The the I mean, every time I think about this, I think about the scene from uh, Billy Madison. With the uh, the chef, it was like, I was oh, always I'm extra sloppy for you. I was always confused. But so when I was growing up watching Billy, I was always confused. Like, what is she talking about? Extra sloppy. Also, what is this? What is this sandwich she's making? So I finally realized as I grew older. But I made it last night, and I didn't know how to make it, so I was just kind of throwing stuff together. I had the the mix, so it ended up basically turning out like uh, meat sauce. You know, like I mean, that you would put on pasta, that's, that's yeah. but it was a little. It was it, it shouldn't be as thick. As it like, was you know a, very. It was basically meat sauce. Yeah. I was putting on a bun, so um, wasn't fantastic. What wasn't fantastic? Uh, so that was a new thing for me. So I did that this week. Wow, um, culinary genius of uh, Mikey over here. Yeah, well, yeah. Look, I try new things. Uh, the, like the northern New. It's a very. It's also not even full New Jersey. Just I was say, and maybe just your town. There, there must have been some sort of mis- <laughs> maybe just the deli you went to. There must have been some sort of miscommunication along the lines where, like, there were some guy was explaining what a sloppy Joe is to some guy in New Jersey, and they just didn't click, and then. Uh, that's what we got. Got left. My so. father-in-law is from New Jersey. You want me to text him? Northern New Jersey. Specifically. Oh yeah. yeah. You want ask, me to ask, ask him. What is, I'll, yeah, I'll text yeah, yeah. him and so ask him. What is your definition him. of a sloppy Joe? Yeah. Ask him what a sloppy Joe is, and then when he responds, let us know. Um, also, you know what's funny? It's like I don't know, Chef. We do the show every week. It's like, how do you guys feel about hearing your own voice? I know we talked about this a little bit uh, before we started recording, but you know, how do you feel about hearing your own voice, Chef? Like when you yeah. listen back in the recording. It's always a little jarring. I'm like, do yeah. I sound like that? Do I really sound like that? I don't know. It kind of, you know. Soothing tones of my own soulful, you know. So you like you like the way you sleep. No, it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird, right? Uh, I was about to say, do you record your own sleep story? Yeah. Is that how you get to sleep? I just fall asleep listening to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so after we record the show, Shep actually records the sleep story and then he I send it to him as a good uh, okay. Um so I also got my haircut recently. Oh god. So I go to uh, a barber called Yayos. Jajos. Jajos. Okay, well, Shep and I have this dispute, but because <laughs> Shep and I are our friends, I'll go with his Jajos. Uh, it's a very good barbershop and used to be going there for about five years. DC Drew also goes there. A Vietnamese run, and the best part about the barbershop is they do not talk to you at all. 
Like they get there, you give very minimal instructions yeah. and they don't talk to you at all and you're out of oh, it's great. $20. It. It's fantastic. So the question is, and I know like, so what do you, what is your ideal barber experience fish? So I know the names of my barber's kids and I know the names of my barber's grandkids and I know what all of his children do for a living and the health of his wife. I love talking to my barber. I go to my barber to have a full conversation while I'm getting my hair cut. Yeah, see, that's uh, see, that's experience that I've never had. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't either. And it's not, you know, I don't know, maybe because I've never had it, but I don't know that I want that. I mean, I have a man literally with, you know, a pair of scissors to my neck. You know, do I, if I say something he doesn't like, you know, well, I could be, he could end me real I quick also, right look, there. Look, I, this is, getting my hair cut is, is, it's like a, it's like a burden. You know, like, yeah. I want to be in and out of there as quickly yeah, as I possible. Agree. You know, like, I want it to look good, obviously. I don't, these places that are opening up, charging $100, wash, whiskey, massage, I don't need that. I don't yeah, need that. I don't need a glass of whiskey with my No, my I don't, no, no, no. If, when it's when it's 2 p.m. And you know what, maybe maybe it's the type of thing, like, you know, for, like, a really nice event, you know, you're getting yeah, your haircut, like, before a wedding or something. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Right. But right. you're standing around on the like, I'm, like, in the wedding party or something, and yeah. uh And that's what the group is doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... But I have no interest in the whole, you know, this place bearded goat. It's like I have no interest in that. No. You know, so that's why Jaw does this for me. But that's why I love him too. Like the, you get the neck shave too. Fish, like fish is a big massage. wash guy. Are you not? No, I despise. Oh, you're it. An So I despise. I love talking to my barber, but I hate getting my hair washed at the barber. I do not want another grown man sitting there like massaging my head in front of strangers. Well, I have good news for you. Jaw Joe's doesn't even have a sink. So oh, you can go there. There's not, maybe I need to try job. There, there's there's not even a an opportunity for a wash there. Yeah. Like I mean, it's a it's a sweatshop. It's it, they you do get the little massage at the end. It's like a two. Yeah. A little, like yeah. it's more like instead of washing your hair, they run a hot towel over you. And it, like, yeah. Kind of, oh, yeah, yeah. Gets the hot, out the, the hot towel on your face. Yeah. I feel like I'm being waterboarded with like steaming water. It's it's it's, it's, it's like, it does after. like the one thing, and I don't ever get my hair washed there, but it is annoying when you leave and you have all like the little bits of hair. In there, so at least the hot towel does. The, the, the hot towel is, and, and that's important because I don't want to go back to work and then have the hair. Yeah, your so, collar and stuff. but I don't need. I don't need the wash. So I got a response. Yeah, what's uh, he saying? He sent me a picture of Joe Biden. Yes, my father-in-law sent me a picture of Joe Biden. I would, uh, I would specify sandwich. See what he says. I did. Yeah. And I got a Sloppy Joe sandwich is basically barbecue flavored chili like ground beef concoction on a hamburger roll. So <laughs> I, that's I, how he's yeah, eaten it since he was a child. That's, he was from Hohokus, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, well, I think if this was your one bar your one deli up at uh We'll discuss this offline. Friends of the pod, come in. Tell yeah, us we'll, what you think. We'll, all my New Jersey listeners, please, I need backup on this. Um, but okay. So there's some interesting news uh, coming out of Ohio this week. A um, bunch of rascal little kids broke into uh, a zoo, what it looks like, in, in Van Wert County, Ohio. And let loose 40,000 minks uh, into their small community. Now, for to picture this, there are now two times the amount of minks than people running around this county in Ohio. Uh, this is, they released from Lion Farms USA. So the people are now outnumbered by two times uh, to the minks. Now, this is, what, this is what they describe as the minks. Do not approach the minks. They are serious predators that are pretty much vicious mini velociraptors. That's what the police is advising the residents. Now, you're... You're outnumbered 
two to one by mini velociraptors. What like what is what are you supposed to do here? Look, look I don't know. I, I also, feeling, who is behind this? I have a feeling Fish will have a lot to say on this, coming from a farming background. I not to make light of this story. I do want to touch on this was not a farm, or this was not a zoo. This was a person's farm. A personal who, farm. A personal farm who was using these minks as. For their livelihood, I'm assuming for fur, and I'm assuming that's why not some rascals, but some, like, literal terrorists came this. in and released these to prevent them from being able to make so money. So like it was like an attack? Yes. yes. Oh, really? Yeah, this was, was not like, a... oh, goofy high school kids pulling a prank. This was malicious attack on a person's life. This was this the was... Animal Liberation Front. Is who did it? Alf. Yeah. Oh really? They are listed as a terrorist organization and, by DHS. And I like so I would like, fish. I'd so imagine like what would happen if like you know from you growing up. For those who don't know, uh, our buddy Fish grew up on literally a hog farm. Like so, what would happen if you came in like, oh, I'm gonna pull a prank. I'm gonna let all the hogs out. Just let them go loose in the field. And when Fish wakes up at 4 a.m. to go tend to them, they're all just gone. And so, his entire family's livelihood is now gone. Yeah, you're liable for millions of dollars at that point. So what? So what are you? So what is yeah. the community supposed to do now? Oh, so my favorite part of this was that the sheriff's response, where he says, "You know, you need to take a cautious approach, but you have a right to defend what's yours." <laughs> and so, this being the great America that it is, in Ohio, loving the Second Amendment, now has started to like pay people to shoot the minks. Really? Well, I mean, you have to. It's a war. I think they're it's like, a yeah, war. Yeah, I mean, well, what else are you supposed to do? It's open season. Which and is they're pretty awesome. And they're very they're very intrusive creatures from what I've been reading. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Just getting everything. So, look, they'll eat like small children, I bet. So, so, so <laughs> what one person described what it looks like to watch a mink attack a squirrel, and I don't know if I can Honey Badger don't care. On. Huh. Well, this so this is what this is our commitment to you. So what we're going to do is we're going to send an, our investigative reporter Shep down to Van Wert County, Ohio next week to check it out, and next week we'll we'll give an update. As you know, Shep has done amazing work uh, in the investigative journalism field, starting with the Anal Beach chess player and and moving on from there. So he's really fantastic work. So I'm looking forward to see what he brings home from there. Um, but hey, you know it's getting chilly in D.C. Uh, it's, get, it's getting a little chilly, 30 degrees, wearing a coat, Thanksgiving up next week. Uh, some good football next week, some good NFL football on Thanksgiving Day. Three games, uh, three solid games. So, you know, Shep, what's your, what's your favorite part of Thanksgiving? You know, when, you, when, you're, when you're at home, what, what's, your, what's your favorite oh, part? Oh, easy. My favorite part is about, you know, like 9 p.m. You've got the late night game on, you're done eating, and I pass out on the couch. And I'm just so full. I've had some great food, watched some great football. Now, pass out on the couch, you know, wake up at 10.30, go upstairs to bed, call it a day. But that's that's the best part is, you know, watching that last game, you know, just no, I, enjoying the day. That, that's exactly what I had. The food, the everything leading up to the food, awful. Everything during the dinner really, I mean, doesn't do it for me. It's after. When you put your, your plate in the sink and you're done, and you have no really obligations at that point. Right? You don't have to really talk to anybody. You pour yourself another glass of wine, crack a beer, pour a whiskey, and you're done. And yep. your only obligation for the rest of the day is watch football and relax. You know, Fish, what do you have to say on this? So my biggest one is going to be I'm spending it with my family this year. My family loves to play cards. Okay. And so after dinner, we sit in front of the TV at a table and play cards. What kind, what kind of cards? Night. What kind of cards? Pitch, spades. Okay. Not poker. Uh, more traditional card games. And then, you know, you're sitting there drinking, and I get to really enjoy Thanksgiving this year because the Washington football team is not playing. 
which means that I get to uh, actually enjoy watching The commanders, football. you mean? Yes, the, the commanders, if you will. You're, how long have you been a commanders fan? Oh, probably about seven years. So since now. you moved to DC, you were yeah. When well, the what Rams were you, what were you growing up? Okay, so St. Louis Rams. So it's okay. very similar. Crappy owner. Sell right. the team, Dan. Please, I'm begging you. Dan, uh, any, welcome anytime. As always, Dan's I will, I will come to debate you, uh, debate you as somebody come, come, who come adopted on. your trash of a franchise. I will happily debate you on why you should sell the team, um, and then. After that, yeah. So you were rich, so then you moved to DC and became. Yeah, I moved to DC when the Rams left. Yeah. New home team. Fair. Dad Fair always enough. taught me adopt the teams where you live, if but don't lose your loyalties. Well, that's a, I mean that's great advice. Yeah. That's great advice. I think, uh, you know, I, I definitely became a. a it's, I mean, living in Navy Yard, it's easy to be a Nats fan, right? I mean, like that's you go to the games a lot. You're, I mean, you're right here from the stadium, so I, I get that. It's really um, nice to have like a team. On um, the town you're Yeah, living. for sure, for sure, for sure. Because you're around the same fans, you're able to go to the games. Um, it's funny, though, because, like, so many... D.C. is so interesting because it's, like, so few people are actually fans. Yeah. Like, especially in D.C. Like, if you go out... Yeah, if you go out to, like, to Nova or right. to, you know, the Maryland suburbs, you, you get real fans out there. Mm-hmm. But, like, in D.C., no one's from here. So it's, right. like... I mean, it's, it's... Yeah, you see... So there's, fa- there's fans of everything. It's, like... I think one of the coolest things is... Like college football, the you know every bar has their team that they root for. It's it's tough to get that in a lot of cities because there's just not yeah. that there's not that many people coming from from different areas. So I think that's good. Um, after Thanksgiving though, you know what? Put on put on the football. You're on the couch. Start a nice fire, right? Start a nice fire. Now, this is a debate that's been happening in our society now as things get trendier. Uh, the fireplace v fire pit discussion. So I, I have very very simple on this. I, I would 100% of the time take fireplace over fire pit. For if I could have both, fantastic. But if I had to pick one, sitting on the couch inside, you're already warm. You're you're on your own couch. You know, weather is not an issue, right? You're putting the fire. It's minimal work. You know, log after log after log, and that's where I that's where I land. And you could still have you're having people over. You put the fire on. You're inside. You you know you're you're moving around. You're cooking. You you could still enjoy the fire, but while doing other things. So that's my position. Fish, I'm going to kick it over to you. I want to know what you think on this topic. So I'm a flip-flopper on this, which makes it deadly. But wow. I lean more fireplace now that I have one. Prior to that, fire pits are more accessible, and they extend the time that you get to enjoy the outdoors. And living in a city that doesn't have like a harsh winter, we get a lot of use out of fire pits here in D.C. But now that I have a fireplace... I, I'm completely flopped. Fireplace uh, is the way to go. It's just and amazing. If, if you don't have a fireplace, then yeah, it's easier to build a fire pit in your yard. But fireplace, hundred percent. Shep, I mean, it's apples and oranges, right? Like, sure, I, I guess if I had it's to Sophie's pick choice, one, yeah. Pro <laughs> <laughs> <Little> prisoner's dilemma. <laughs> um, shout out to Will Kiley not knowing what either of those mean. Um, so yeah. Um, it, it, would I rather? I guess if I had to pick one, yeah, I'd rather have a fireplace. Just because a fire pit, I love. I like fire pits a lot, but they're kind of prohibitive at a certain point. Like twenty degrees outside, you don't want a fire. You're not oh, sitting around 100%, a fire pit. Hundred percent. So, but forty degrees. But forty, it, yeah, forty units will do it. Um, but at certain points, you, yeah, it just. But a fireplace is good from sixty degrees until at any point. Actually, yeah. So you know, if I had to pick one fireplace, sure. But I don't know that. I like both. Both yeah, like why not have yeah, both? Yeah, why not have both? Yeah. 100% agree. Um, we're going to take this minute. Our guest fish brought some brought some uh, 
Kentucky whiskey straight from the bourbon, please. Bourbon straight from the straight from the barrel here. So I'm gonna pour everybody to celebrate here. Live on the air here. Yep, yep. If if you're at home, just grab yourself a nice whiskey. Join with the fellas. Join with the when fellas. this episode airs at you know 10 a.m. tomorrow morning on Saturday, pour yourself a glass of whiskey. Can't drink all day if you don't start before noon. All right, so so you know you know I know Shep knows. I've been into fun facts recently. Um, did I mentioned one of the best fun facts was the that the the powder on the Doritos doesn't actually have any flavor. We mentioned that a few weeks back. I have another fun fact for everybody. The coffee business could buy the headphone business 90 times over. The coffee business could buy the headphone. Interesting. Yes. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You agree with this? Yeah, I mean, you think I mean, about the production cost that goes into each. Headphones are way harder to produce. A lot of electronics, chips, minerals, that kind of stuff. I already hear everyone at home on the Google, on the Google machine. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Well, coffee I, I, every morning, how many times are you buying headphones? Yeah. Also, the labor cost of coffee. Okay. Way low, but uh, I was trying to look it up. Oh yeah, no. But interesting yeah, on that, because to to piggyback off that, not 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 the same, but also not different in the same area. AirPods alone are the seventh largest tech company. That's what I'm saying. That's why. Like, it's, that's what's shocking to me. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's surprising to me. Like it, I, I think Bose, when you think about Bose, it, I mean all yeah. Bose. I mean massive Bose, company. Bose Beats. All like, of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, that's but when I, you think about it, I think I think we do probably don't. Because you just think about it like, oh, you're buying a $250 pair of AirPods. Or once. Right? Once every three, four yeah. years. You're buying... $15 bag of coffee. Yeah, or a $7 coffee from you right. know, your gourmet right. coffee shop. Every, you know, people are doing that every morning for the entire year. Right, right. So that's your fun fact for the week. So we're going to move on. We're going to move to international now. We're leaving the shores of the beautiful United States, and we're moving international Wait, there's now. other countries? I didn't know that until recently as well. Someone told me that fun fact. So here we go. So we're gonna start. We're gonna start with F one. Now our guest fish. Is, All right, I'll see y'all later. Yeah, <laughs> Shep is not enough. We we won't take too long on this. But now I have a world renowned F one analyst fish on the pod. I have to bring this up. Fish is a McLaren fan uh, through and through. Tough season for Fish. I know a lot of our listeners are F one fans, so I definitely wanted to include this in here. First question I have for you, Fish. What does the Ferrari bounce back look like next year? Do you think it's a successful bounce back? As a Ferrari fan, do you think Ferrari's going to have a successful bounce back next year? No. I think it's going to be bad. I think they're going to fall back down into like competitive with McLaren. Because McLaren's car has improved. And Mercedes last week really proved that they are going to be easily number two next year. I mean, Mercedes is a Mercedes is the what's the award you used to get? You know, in in pickup basketball, like most improved or something. <laughs> I only know that because that's what I usually got. It's like the award nobody wants to give. Uh, but that's what. But yeah, most improved. We need mo- At least that. he tries. <laughs> I, I can actually probably get, most improved. Yeah. So uh, Mercedes definitely gets most improved for this year. I mean, they were they stunk in the first half uh, with one race left. There looked really fast. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about Red Bull for a second and what happened last weekend with Max and Checo. Um, neither of us are Red Bull fans, so it was it was delightful to see. What are your thoughts on that? And, and you know, did do you think you know the team put out a statement this week, basically brushing over it? Um, what do you you know do you think Checo is is um, vilified in in his response or, or, or justified in his response? Should I say, or do you think Max has has valid points? So Max has somewhat of a valid point because if the racing would have just continued, he would have overtaken Checo given the pace he had. Sure. But it's still, you know, 
against a lot of perceptions, a team sport. And Checo stands to win or lose a lot of money on whether or not he beats Leclerc. And Max basically took an advantage away from Checo to win more money. Right. So tell me how that would make you feel if oh, you didn't. I mean, and, they, good. I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, the where they are in the standings, um, Checo and Chuck being so being being ne- being tied going into the last race. I, you know, you have to. You know, they, as a team player, look. Checo has done so much for Max in the last two years um, that I think it's only you know he. He deserved to to have Max do him that favor, and I think that's what pisses Checo off the most. Oh, absolutely! No way Max wins last year. I mean, not even looking at Abu Dhabi, but looking at the entire year as a whole, Max doesn't win last year without Checo. That is a gift. I mean, he he, I mean, he played unbelievable defense in, in Abu Dhabi. Somebody right? on Google Maps marked the section of the track where Checo went wheel to wheel with Hamilton yeah. as the Mexico Department of Defense. Yeah, no, no, he's, no, exactly. Yeah, Rightfully no, so. Yeah, no, and, and that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> My favorite thing about this, though, is that Max's whole gripe is because he's still convinced that Checo crashed on purpose at Monaco during the qualifying. So, so that's Max's reasoning. Is yes. that, is that So you think that's what he told the team? That's the entire reasoning. That's, that's how egotistical and, like, mildly psychotic Max is. And I, someone made this argument to me um, recently that you have to – like yes, Max is like that, but that's what makes winners, right? Like that's oh, his mentality, and like the yes, he he comes off as an asshole, and that's his. But like, if you look at people that win those single, it's I mean, it's it really like, is a single person it's, it's sport. The Jordan. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's a like Jordan. The, it's the, a, yeah, the last dance, it's like. right, exactly. So like that mentality is what produces winners in the What's sport. What's the whole thing? You know what? Mamba sat- mentality. What satisfies you more, like victory right. or avoiding defeat? Like Max is definitely somebody that's more satisfied by avoiding defeat. Oh, 100%. I mean, and Max will throw you under the bus for a win. So, closing out on this section, real quick, what do you think McLaren's future looks like? And what are your overall thoughts on this year? Uh, what were some of the your favorite moments of the year? Um, and what do you think, what are you looking forward to next season? Uh, Mexico City was probably the best when Danny actually started to look like the Danny of old. And fought and showed pace, and it was great. Zach Brown did him dirty by kicking him off. That sucks. I'm excited to see how this new Oscar kid does. We're replacing yeah. one Aussie with another. Yeah. Um, but it is going to be absolutely hysterical to see Lando have to take a spotlight because that guy is just the weakest persona of Gen Z. Phenomenal driver. He has an interesting. He has an interesting. He has an persona. interesting persona, um, and I think like he will grow into it. You know, and I think if do you th- what do you think McLaren is going to look like next year? I mean, you think they're, they're going to be able be... to put any podiums on the board, or, or what are you thinking? So are right they now, they're sadly 19 bo- points behind Alpine, and I think they're going to beat Alpine by like 20 points next year. Okay. So, so, you're, so you're up, as a McLaren fan, you're optimistic. I'm optimistic, year. yes. Okay. Well, I mean, that's really all you can ask, um, and we'll see. You know, this year, I think Max winning so early, um, it's like it's like – you know, it's still. It, I think it's a lot of people, and I we talk about this a lot. It's like F one breaking into the American markets and and what that looks like, and it's been great the past year. We'll see what next year we have Vegas, right? So that's going to be an incredible race. Um, that's going to be what we're talking about. Uh, you know, what that the people that attend that race look like. Celebrities from across the country, across the world. Miami's been great, um, and Austin still a great race, right? Austin's so, awesome. so three really good races. We'll see. Can I make one more? Yeah, F1 go, go ahead. If you have not watched the movie Rush, it's on Netflix. 
It's a great. It's one. incredible. It is great. And you need to learn if you're a man, you need to know who James Blunt is because you want to be James Blunt. Uh, Take it to the bank. He's saying the song. You're beautiful. John saying he's saying a song, and uh, here we go. So moving along, so we're saying international here. World Cup starts. Is it started officially or what? Uh, it's like is it this weekend? I think it's in. We're playing like some three prelims. Days. No, I think yeah, the twenty first is okay. The twenty, the, the uh, yeah, the twenty first is the first day. So is the first okay. match. Anyway, so this has been a a, a real catastrophe, um, and in, in all ways. So basically, the World Cup is taking place in Qatar, where you are not allowed to drink alcohol. So keep in mind, they've been planning this for over a decade in Qatar. The planning, the planning talks have started a decade ago. This is not like they planned this event two weeks ago or two months ago or two years ago. This has been a decade in the making. So the problem is, is that you have inter- people internationally coming to watch these games who want to drink and watch soccer. I mean, that's just a that's a very where, where cultures where drinking is almost yes required. I mean, you're you're, you're you're coming from yeah, you're coming from <clears throat> Europe where you can drink at eighteen in most countries, younger, and then younger, sixteen, and you're going to Qatar where you cannot drink at all. So. Cutter initially said, okay, we have to make a compromise here, obviously, for people that are coming internationally. So, first, they told fans that they could drink beer at stadiums three hours before and three hours after all the matches. So, let's say the matches started at X time, you can drink three hours before, the last match ends at X time, you can drink three hours after that. Pretty fair compromise, given that the games will probably take place, or the matches will probably take place all day. So, you're basically, you know, you're free to go. So, time goes on, and Cutter comes back and say... Okay, wait. So Budweiser starts moving all their tents in. They start preparing. This is recently. This is the last couple of weeks is when they started to make the changes to their initial um, their initial rules. So a couple of weeks, they Cutter comes back and they said, well, we'll allow fans to drink three hours before and three hours after, like we said, but you have to do it in secrecy. And Budweiser has to uh, move their tents in invisible locations. They have to hide their tents when they're on the premises. So I don't know what that means. Take their logos off or, you know, put up walls around their beer tents, whatever it may be. It cannot be visible to the public. So, okay, fine. Budweiser starts to hide their tents. Now in the 11th hour, literally 72 hours before the world comes about to kick off, when all of these vendors have, have already moved in, all of these fans have purchased tickets. They were probably already in Cutter at this point, ready to, to drink and, and have fun at the World Cup. Cutter comes back and uh, tells FIFA and Budweiser that beer sales are completely banned from the stadium. So looking at saying, okay, Budweiser, who has probably spent X amount of dollars to get all their stuff over there in the first place, because they like, probably don't have distribution around there. They're like the American lead American sponsor. Correct. Le- yeah, lead, right. lead sponsor. I can only imagine how much they paid to be that sponsor. Now completely banned from the stadium. The kicker is that if you are oh, in a... soccer, I get it. You well like done. that? Yeah, well I, done. Well yeah, done. yeah. Okay, so the here's the kicker: that um, now, if you are in one of the fancy suites and you're a rich person that is able to afford one of the really nice suites, you can drink alcohol all you want in the suite. That's not a problem. So you know the bear bear model. It's it's truly incredible. No on that campus, but only in the nice suite boxes. You know, so but the thing that blows my mind about this is that you know, and everyone's talking about it, is that look, they had a decade plus to make these decisions. Right, and now we're 72 hours before, and now, you know, they, they've gone from pretty much fully allowing folks to drink to a complete ban in a week. 
So it's crazy. I don't know what what, so wait, what your you're, thoughts on this. You're, you're telling me the country that included the fact that they were going to be able to create drone controlled clouds is being dishonest. Well, it's it's the, here's the problem that I have is that and if if they would have said if they would have said a month or two ago or whatever, hey, we're banning this alcohol. I mean, who wants to sit at a soccer game sober? I mean, yeah, I mean look, what, yeah, well, so here's the deal, right? Like, you're having, um, you have a country that, is any of this truly surprising, though? Like, no, I, not to be honest, that. like, no, you, no. this is FIFA at its worst. I'm not throwing FIFA under the bus for Qatar's decision, poor decisions, like you said, poor planning to come back with this months later, or, you know, days before the tournament begins. But I am throwing FIFA under the bus for deciding to put it in a corrupt country, you know, that has uh, archaic law systems that rule their, that govern their decision and use literal slave labor to build their stadiums. Makes so, like, it, it make, shows I mean, how like, why FIFA make, is an absolutely they, corrupt organization, and they care more about the money they're going to lose from the Budweiser beer sponsorship than the amount of people that died building these. Stadiums. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, no, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, anyways, just to remind everybody, um, alcohol and liquor stores are open 24 hours. Sorry, they released the, the list of, uh, of bars that has 200 bars. Give us the up- this is see. This is what I'm talking about. Our investigative journalist coming in once again with the For, facts. Chef, give it to us here. Chef, I mean, I, I took a look at it earlier. I took a I took a look at it earlier. There, it, it's the usual suspects. Um, For those who will, are in the Navy Yard area, not a lot over here. Um, that got the permit. Only three bars in Navy Yard got the permit to be able to stay open to four. Um, Mission, uh, Tap 99, and Due South. Interesting. And it doesn't, yeah. Not Walters. Not Walters. Not, not Wal- yeah. Walters. Walters missing that was tough. But like like we talked, we've talked about this. Who is actually going to stay up till those hours? Yeah, Mission probably will. I can't imagine. And a lot of them, like, especially this first weekend, you think because you can be open. Yeah. Like, they kind of framed it as what bars will be open the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Okay. Because it'll be in effect by True, them. true, true, true. Um, okay. And they were showing a couple bars that had, like, you know, around here that have, like, happy hour deals until 2 a.m. type of thing. 2 a.m., yeah. Reasonable. Reasonable. Yeah. Um, Do you think that, you know, as we said, people who live in D.C. are not local. Do you think that when we all go home for Thanksgiving, the locals come back and, like, storm the bars and, like, pop champagne because we're not here? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a good question. We'll, 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 I'll get some sources out in the field. And we'll I bet I bet Arlington's probably pretty. Arlington. Well, well, well Ar- all, like all the JMU kids, yeah. they like go out hard in Arlington. All the kids that are from, they actually do go out hard in Northern Virginia. Our guests, our video guest, Will K, can confirm yeah. as a Northern Virginia kid. I think we've talked about this, is that that is a big thing for them to go. And I think my, my sister went to JMU. And take all her all their friends are living friends. in New York now, right. or come back for yeah, right, hundred percent for, so. for Thanksgiving. They're just going out to Arlington. Last topic mm. before we get to games, um, we have a decent slate this week. Uh, I want to talk about the Twitter FTX real quick. I know some folks have some thoughts on that. I'm gonna kick it right over to Shep, um, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. First of all, Twitter crazy stuff going on with Elon, and also FTX. Crazy stuff going on there as well. So, want to hear your thoughts on that before we get in games? Yeah, I mean, Twitter's been wild. I mean, some of the stuff that I mean, I've never really been an Elon Musk fanboy. I was kind of interested to see what he could do with Twitter, though. Um, and just some of the things like you saw, like some of these things, like Alanko uh, lost like billions of dollars because of a fake, <laughs> you know, Twitter coming on and t- talking about how they dropped the price of insulin and stuff like that. And like, it's wild. Um, and. Where the fallout from that is, but I mean, also at the same time, like 
the Babylon Bee had been banned from from Twitter, and it's good that they are allowed back on. Like things that oversights that should have never happened. Um, so with that, I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, it's it's funny that he's like, you have all these people who who worked there and thought they had this great job, and Elon Musk says, no, you guys are actually going to go to work now. Yeah. Um, and they're all thing, upset about that. My favorite thing, you know, as I'm sure you guys saw last night, some of the former employees took to projecting insults to yeah. Elon on the side of the building. My favorite one that popped up was worthless billionaire. <laughs> like, and I think I've been reading some interesting things on Twitter um, about um, kind of like what Elon is doing with the, and it's like it's true. Like, there's a lot. What a lot of people don't realize is that Twitter is run on like cloud servers, yeah. right? So, like, you know, there's not engineers in there typing yeah. away. Like, keeping Twitter is pretty self-sustainable, I right. imagine. So you only need maybe a handful. Maybe there's ten people in the entire company that are absolutely necessary. But that's what Twitter. he's. And that's, that's what he wants to do. Right? No, and he wants to increase that, though. He's right. basically saying, "No, you have to be like you need to know the inside code," which is probably right. You are at the end of the day a software company that, or maybe not, right. I don't want to use the right term there, but you're at the end of the day a tech company that you know should be innovating. They hadn't been innovating at all. Um, I, I, on the other hand, though, the FTX thing—that's even more wild. I mean, that was literally a Ponzi scheme. What they were running. Um, being a Ponzi scheme. Being a Ponzi scheme to Elizabeth the, Holmes, eleven years. Yes. Eleven years. Um, I, I wouldn't say it a Ponzi scheme because for them like, to pump out uh, funds that they were using to to fund his own separate hedge fund. I mean, yes, but they were like promising returns. They were using customer deposits, not other investments. Like right, but it was a blurred line between two companies. It's it's terrible. It, it was using money taken in from other customers without their understanding, and it's again, you, that's different than a bank. Who yes. has protections and uh, certain regulations to prevent them from doing, you know, on how they can use other people's money? Uh, that's and that wasn't the case, and they were using money they were taking in from customers to pay other people directly and building out from that almost in a pyramid, opposite pyramid like factor, okay. which is what a Ponzi scheme is. Um, I, I, I get saw, it. It's not, it's not, it's not in the like direct a, of like they were yes. making, they were taking money from FTX in order to make. Very risky yeah. investments. Almadia, Almondea, whatever. Uh, on his other company. On his, on his other, other company. On his hedge fund. And my Alabama, favorite yeah. character of this entire thing, though, has been Caroline Ellison. So, and what I was going to say hilarious is... Hilarious person. I have two things on this. Is One, I'm, I'm, I think the most disappointing part about all this is, you know, Sam uh, Bank-Friedman and Caroline Ellison were allegedly dating, and mm-hmm. that we are not going to potentially see the world's ugliest kids now. Yes. My um, other favorite thing about this is that you guys heard about this altruism that they both believed in. It is the definition of, like, think back to the South Park episode when all the Californians in San Francisco mm-hmm. were, like, driving Priuses and then smelling their own farts. That's what this altruism is because it's basically like, I need to get wealthy to make the world better. Yes. And that's that was their entire ideology almost like religious following to the point that all of their employees had invested in FTX which Sam Bankman-Fried used to give himself a 1 billion dollar yep. loan and then quietly sold, you know, 300 million of I mean, stock under the table to lose like, 11 billion dollars yeah. in the span of 24 hours is pretty impressive. Um one I wanted to touch on is what's funny is uh, I know I had sent you this link Mikey um that the Miami Heat currently play in FTX Arena. But the Bangros. <laughs> and it, it, they play in FTX Arena. And now that that company is uh, is is bankrupt, um, are they probably going to have to sell the rights right. to the naming? Oh, 100%. And as you, had, as you had aptly pointed out, Bangros has offered, uh, I think it was $10 million to 
<laughs> I mean, some, the someone, naming rights someone, to the arena. Someone's gotta, someone's gotta outbid them, right? I mean, I like, mean, I'm they sure they have to. But I mean, imagine playing. You said, imagine playing, playing in Bang, Bang Bros, Bros Arena. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of electric, honestly. From, yeah, like Mike Breen having to you know come in. I mean, he'd be the ultimate. <laughs> Alternate spokesperson from it. Ultimate. Chef, you know this. Are they the ones that drive around in the van? Um, I'd have to check. My porn historian um, is not up to date. I'll have to take a look. Okay. After after you leave uh, Van Wert County, Ohio, yeah. you're going to go there and check I, it out. So I'll go to Miami. Yeah. Go to Miami and get a couple of girls. I don't know how you're keeping up with your full-time job. This is a lot of work. So we appreciate you, Chef, always. Let's get to some football. What this show is about. Um, Shep, what are your, you know, obviously I haven't talked to you since the massive Georgia win over Tennessee. Georgia looked amazing. Stetson showed up. Um, what, what we talked about, we said, hey, Georgia's going to beat them if Stetson shows up. He showed up. Yep. Um, and Georgia's looking. Defense showed up. Everyone showed up. Georgia's looking pretty, pretty solid yep. uh, going into the final weeks of the season. Um, how do you feel about everything? I mean, I mean, short of some, some something real crazy going on here, I Georgia probably has a spot locked up in the playoffs. Uh, I think they could lose to LSU. I think if they go into LS, into Atlanta undefeated, play LSU, that's just an exhibition game at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that that will matter. Obviously, I think there will be, you know, you know, if Ohio State is undefeated, um, if TCU is undefeated. Oh, I'm, you're already calling Ohio State to be Michigan. I, I, I'm, these are just hypotheticals. I mean, uh, my favorite thing will be that if LSU does beat Georgia in the SEC championship, how crafty they're going to have to get with the seedings like they did last year to yeah. make sure that that is not a first-round matchup again. Because it would make sense to make them the two and three seed, but they can't have them play Who, each other. Uh, Georgia, Tennessee? No, or Georgia, Georgia, LSU. I don't know that LSU is in, even with a win. I don't yeah. know that Georgia... And two loss... It, again, there's a lot out there. You got to think Georgia is in no matter what. At that, if they go into Atlanta undefeated, there's still some work to do to get there. Um, you've got to think that uh, Ohio State, Michigan, one of those two is in most likely. Yeah. And if TCU is undefeated, now let's say USC goes undefeated as well. You know that leaves a one loss Tennessee, a Pac-12 champion, one loss TC, uh, USC. Does the does the Big uh, does the SEC champion with two losses get in over one of those other two teams? That's the question. It'll be a tough question to answer. Um, I mean, Tennessee beat the shit out of LSU. Yeah. Um, but they weren't even their conference champion. You know, does sure. So I mean, like, yeah, there's there's a lot of play. Th- th- yeah, they, there's a lot left. There's a lot of football left. Let's see what happens. And there's, you know, the the committee's gonna have their work cut out for them this year. Uh, it's looking like um, if things play out as they should. Look, they, they deserve to actually have to put a little effort. How yeah, about that? After sure. snubbing Georgia, how do you feel about that, by the way? After the committee snubbed Georgia made him third. Oh, you know one. what? Yeah, you know what? Again, you know, again, I said that was all for, you know, to, to, to drive drama in that first one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, so. it was, I mean, it was just, uh, it wasn't really even that exciting. The game wasn't even as close as the final score. I stopped T- watching. Tennessee game. could not move the ball. No. Which oh, is yeah, shock, which is, which is surprising. But, okay. Let's get to the games. First game we have on the slate today. It's a pretty decent slate. Uh, you know, look, this is the couple final games of the year. We have one more week next week in the, in the regular season for college football. Um, so let's get to it. First game. New Mexico State at Mizzou. Mizzou is favored by 28.5 points. Fish is a Mizzou alum, so I'd love to get his take on this. Here's my take. 
New Mexico State plus 28 and a half. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. That's what I'm taking. And I'll kick it over to Fish, the Mizzou alum. So I'm going to bet my heart here. So that means nobody should follow my bet. I'm going to take Mizzou to cover. But here's the thing. This is all going to depend on the talent of the young kids. Eli Drinkowitz just got an extension. And this is the type of game, last, you know, cupcake game of the season, where you let your second stringers play, get some practice, you start to develop the chemistry and the talent for next year, see what you got. Um, And I think you're going to see a lot of that in the second half, which is going to allow New Mexico State to likely hang within that 28.5 point window. But... I think we've got a lot of up-and-coming talent. Most of our wide receivers are sophomores and younger, so you're going to see them stay in the game. So there's a chance that Mizzou covers. Also, our defense has been electric. Like, I would not rule out – if you could bet on a defensive touchdown in this game, I would take it if the odds are plus 300. Chat? Um, Yeah, so again, as you touched on, um, this is that, you know, kind of week of the year, um, kind of started by Saban was kind of his model for a long time. Um, People started kind of copying suit. um, It's to schedule a cupcake late in the season, kind of works as another bye week. Um, So we got a lot of those on the schedule. Which actually, I think, makes the game (coughs) a little bit difficult. Yeah. It does, and I mean, and of course, you have you know, no idea what you're going to see from these teams. And of course, with uh, knowing that Fisher was going to be on this week, and you know, with our shout out to uh, noted listener, uh, New Mexico State alum uh, Jeremy, you know, as as we know, we I had to put this on the slate. Um, so, but to the point, I mean, I don't think anyone is Mizzou. No one is going to call. No one is going to mistake New Mexico State for even a moderate, you know, mediocre football team. Oh, they're the, they're the top, they're, bottom, worst yeah. team in the country. And Mizzou... And I can say of, that because I'm a UMass yeah. fan. So. <laughs> Might be the only team worse. Um, and um, uh, Mizzou, I mean, for all of their blunders this year, no one can say they haven't played hard. Uh, that's been their biggest thing, is Drinkowitz has gotten them ready for every single game. I think this would be one of those games where... Um, the talent at the end of the day, it's still SEC talent. Um, just it's hard to compete with that with these lesser programs uh, coming in uh, on the road. Um, and like we said, I think they want to go out there and get a big win. Um, and even still, like you said, I, th- at the end of the day, the second and third stringers on Mizzou are starting at New Mexico State. So um, I'm not too worried about that. I like Mizzou to cover. Okay. If everybody doesn't know. Shep spent a good portion of my wedding isolated at a table, staring at a phone, watching yep. that Mizzou-Georgia game. He yep. got the last laugh, Threw. but he did not enjoy the dinner. I did not. I tried to enjoy... Great steaks. The, the, I tried to enjoy Shep the reception. I got to eat it, uh, and I tried to enjoy the reception as much as possible. But This is the dedication that I expect. The worst part was your dad standing over my shoulder watching for a good portion of it. He, uh, he told me that he mocked you. Yeah, you know what? And I told everyone I was not going to say anything to any actual Mizzou fans, which is why, Christian, um, I had to talk a whole bunch of shit to you. And I remember, because Mike, uh, 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 Wolf also loves to say that, you know, I talked a bunch of shit to him. But he did say one thing to me during the game, and I said, I'm going to remember that for after this game. And I did, and I talked a whole bunch of shit to Maloof and uh, to Christian. Because and I actually want to uh, take this public right now and say, oh, hey, John. I, am, I am sorry for throwing a beer can <laughs> at you while you're watching. Yeah, I've never seen John that scared after I, like... Scolded him for throwing a beer can. And I had multiple knives in my pocket. <laughs> okay, moving along. 
What? DC so, Drew and uh, Eyes alma mater, UMass, at Texas A&M. Texas A&M favored by 33 and a half points. Look, let me let me break down UMass real quick. And I want to say, we've had some really, really good developments. I am glad to report Gino is no longer a quarterback. Uh, UMass is 1-9 on the year. Okay, and we haven't played anybody that good. So this is a big test for us here. Uh, coming into College Station, um, look, our running back Ellis has season-high 122 rush yards, two TDs uh, at Arkansas State last week. So not bad, not bad, good day. Uh, George Johnson uh, leads the Minutemen with 364 yards receiving, solid receiver. And our new quarterback, Brady Olsen's coming into the game hot, took over for the old Geno, and has already thrown for 591 yards and two touchdowns this season. I mean, that's triple what Geno had, probably, right? Like, hit that number alone in, that's what, insane. two games? Geno had one touchdown in seven games. And probably 350 yeah. passing yards. Oh, oh, Geno had 291 pass yards, three games, or seven <laughs> games. So we're really, we're really excited about Brady Olsen coming in. Look, the Aggies have been a major disappointment this season. Obviously, they came the in biggest hot. disappointment. Yeah, they're the biggest disappointment. In they, uh, they, so they've come in really hot this year, uh, and they stink. So look, if if the Aggies are going to pay UMass to come into College Station, uh, they probably they when they set the schedule, they thought they were going to be what six or lower in the rankings. Uh, the Aggies stink. Um, and 33.5 points, hey, you never know. I'm throwing my money on 33.5, UMass plus 33.5. Got to gotta take the alma mater here. Have a really disappointing Aggies uh, team this year in College Station. Shep? Yeah, um, so I think, you, I think you are right. Like, there, there has been no bigger disappointment than Texas A&M. And it's going to have rippling effects as, you know, their number one recruiting class is just bleeding recruits now who have already said they're transferring next year. Um, so it's going to have massive impacts down the line. Um, but here's the deal. UMass is not a very good team either, <laughs> as we have talked about. <laughs> and, um, Tammy is a hard, you know, Texas A&M, the college station down there, it's a hard place to play. Um, I, I know they have the new quarterback you're excited about. They haven't played a defense still like A&M's, um, and I just, you know, I've been burned one too many times in the two times I've bet on UMass this year. So <laughs> I will be taking a I mean, a lot of these players on UMass have probably never played in a atmosphere like College no. Station. Um, so, they but probably hey. Probably haven't played in front of that many fans their entire high school career. Like oh, you would play every combined. game combined. Yeah, combined. Yeah, no. Fish? So this is where Follow I have to me come, down. This is where I have to come clean. Um, you know, now that we're past bets that pick at the heartstring. I need to come clean that uh, in true DC fashion, I hired consultants for these mm. picks. I've got Coming from DC Drew, who literally went to Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he didn't pay Still number one, one though. So. You know, <laughs> I, have, I went ten and five two weeks ago. I was close. I and, and you know, DC's Drew is the reason I did this because I was like, you know what. <laughs> I'm going to need to bring in people if I'm going to try to top DC Drew. And i got to give a shout-out. Where did you get these consultants? You know, I'm not going to reveal my sources. Well, like, they consult on things. But, uh, exactly. So okay. i got to say, i got to say, I have to give a slight shout-out to Moneyline Mike and Vegas Joe because I could not afford them. They charged too steep of a price. I had to settle for Buddy Brett and Big Bet wait, 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 wait. Moneyline Joe and Vegas – or Moneyline Mike and Vegas Joe? Yeah. Are they the bridge people? 
<laughs> the bridge? The 395 bridge people. Yeah, I think oh, people no, they were, were not the oh, 395 okay. bridge people. Okay. I know folks with similar names. But then, and then I threw in my sister's boyfriend for fun. Okay, okay. Uh, so let's hear it. The UMass pick. So the consensus from the consultants actually goes against what I would bet, and they picked UMass. My thought process on this was going to be the fact that, again, Texas A&M's second and third stringers would probably start at UMass. And so even when Texas and A&M puts in their second and third stringers, it's going to be an even game. And on top of that, A&M has had an abysmal year. They're going to use this game to try to get people hyped for the future. So they're going to look at their second and third stringers to run up the score. However, I don't know if that's going to reach 34 points, according yeah, to the consultants. Yeah, no, so it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of points. I'm going UMass. Good. Well, happy to have you on the team. Moving along to the Bulldogs. Uh, number one, Georgia Bulldogs at unranked Kentucky. Um, Georgia's favored by 22.5 points. Uh, look, so I, I, like I said before, Georgia, they, I mean, they, they showed up against Tennessee. Um, Kentucky started off hot. But they've been. They started off hot. You know, the Blue Bloods were all were all started off hot this year in football. But Kentucky's lost the last four out of six games. Uh, Kentucky also coming off a major upset at Vanderbilt. Uh, teams probably depressed and disappointed. So with that being said, I'm taking Georgia to cover twenty two and a half. Kentucky should not have beaten Missouri. There was a bullcrap roughing the punter call involved in that. Um, George is going to cover this. They're going to cement their status as the number one team of the nation. Kentucky will not be ranked next week. Uh, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, I, Mike, you touched on it um, early. Um, we, looking at, like, week three or four, this looked like a massive showdown. This looked like UGA Tennessee almost. Yeah. You know, Kentucky yeah. was number seven. We were, like, number two. Um and Tennessee hadn't quite – they were on their rise. They hadn't quite – you know, they were probably like number 18 in the ranking. Um, but, yeah, just the rails have fallen off. And I still like Will Levis a lot. I think he might actually be the best quarterback we will have played this this year to this date, uh, at least as NFL prospect-wise. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, with, with that I – mean, look, it's tough. I mean, they, he's a great quarterback. Um, but – Again, I, I yeah, I think just they haven't seen a defense like ours yet. It's going to be tough. I know it's on the road, but um, yeah, we will. Uh, looking forward to to Georgia rolling in this one. Moving along, I actually think this next game is really interesting. Um, unranked Texas at unranked KU. Um, Texas is favored by nine and a half points. Rumors are that Jalen Daniels is coming back this week. Um, he's been practicing at full speed this week, which is a huge deal for KU. Um, obviously, Texas is coming off a crushing loss to TCU last week. And look, I think you know you have comeback kid uh, Jalen Daniels here off the injury. Um, I think, look, I don't know if KU wins, but I think they cover the nine and a half uh, at home um, against Texas. I think I'm going to take KU nine and a half here. Our resident KU, old Johnny, what do you got to say? Oh, uh, thanks, Mike, for letting me talk this time. Um, uh, here's the deal. KU's gonna win. Money line KU easy. KU wins this. I'm gonna jump in here and go ahead and talk. No, I wasn't Quick. finished. <laughs> KU wins this. If Jalen Daniels is back, okay, good, great. People forget he was considered a Heisman runner at the beginning of the season. But then we got uh, then we got Bean quarterback, backup quarterback, and guess what? 
Also a Heisman runner. Not actually as much. That's actually not true. But here's a KU's going to win this. Put all your money on KU. If you have a million dollars, put it on KU. Um, and then if you lose, uh, our attorneys will sort it out. That's cute. Uh, I think it's important to recognize that everybody said those exact same thing about the Eagles on Monday night. Texas is going to cover. All right. Chef? Um, yeah, Bias. I actually, Bias. this is an interesting game. Um, Texas is one of those teams that the, the uh, John is pointing a fake gun at me right now. Um, <laughs> it's a real gun. It's a real gun. Um, Texas is one of those teams, for whatever reason, the underlying metrics love. The computer metrics have loved them all season, um, and I don't understand it watching them play. They're a really good team at times, and at times they're a really bad team. You don't know which one's going to show up. It's kind of been Texas' MO for the past uh, couple years. Um, the problem I hear I have is Texas has nothing to play for now. You know, they're out after their loss, you know, a very close loss to TCU. Um, they kind of, they don't, they're out of the Big 12 race. Um, so there's really nothing for them to look forward to in this. Um, with that being said, I, if Jalen Daniels comes back, if that's true, I just looked, it's, he's been limited in practice all week. Um, so not for sure if he will be here this game. If Jalen Daniels is there, I would take KU. Um, 100%. We don't know that, though. That's the biggest issue. Man, I, I agree. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, but I'm saying that. But I do think Texas probably does find a way to cover here. Um, with all that that I had just said. So, moving on to the next game on the slate. We have... Um, Another interesting matchup here. Um, again, two great teams. Teams that had started off, you know, kind of under the radar, but really picked up middle of the season. Um, and have both fallen off the map here at Syracuse at Wake Forest. Um, we'll uh, go ahead and talk, start off. It's uh, Wake Forest is uh, favored at home by minus 10. Uh, Mikey, if you want to kick us off, what do you think about that game? Shep, I like when you do the, the game intros. That was nice. Well, well, Wow. I, I actually enjoyed that. So here's my take on this. Syracuse at Wake Forest. Wake Forest offense has been pretty solid this year. They're averaging about 36 points per game. We've seen over and over again. They're pretty, pretty solid offense. Um, but Syracuse defense is top 20 in the country. Also, though, Syracuse has lost four straight to Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, and Florida State. Wake has also lost their last three games to Louisville, NC State, and North Carolina. So both these teams are on a slump. Um, it's really, you know, and Wake has been, yes, their offense is good. They turned... The, the ball over eight times uh, against Louisville. Uh, this is going to be a sloppy game. Both teams are in a slump. Super sloppy game. I'm going to take Syracuse plus 10 because I think anything can happen in this game. I think 10 points is a lot to lay for Wake here, uh, especially when Syracuse defense has been pretty consistent this year. So I'm going to take Syracuse plus 10. Um, yeah, those are some great points. I mean, here's the deal. Um, the teams you mentioned that they have lost to, those are some good teams. I mean, yeah, it's a slump, but it's not like they're losing to bad teams. All those teams are the ACC is pretty underrated division right now in its middle right now with um, UNC, um, Florida, or uh, if Florida State's looking pretty good. And as much as we like to call Clemson frauds, they're still a solid program. Um, that would be a third or fourth best program in any, pretty much any at least third or fourth best program in pretty much any other conference. Um, 
So with that being said, uh, I'm gonna t- you, like you said, Syracuse has a top 25 defense, but I'm gonna take trust the uh, the best quarterback in this game. That's uh, Wake Forest. Um, find a way to get it done. I will take Wake Forest at home with the points. I talked to the one person that I know who went to Wake Forest, and they only went to Wake Forest for a year. However, they told me that apparently they really hate Syracuse. And that's all I needed to know, that Wake is going to look at this like a rivalry game. I agree with Howie. I think 10 points is a lot, but again, both programs are in a situation where they're disappointed with their season, and that means they're going to look to run up the score. So I'm going to go with Wake here to cover all right, um, moving right along. Uh, unranked Illinois at number three ranked in the country, Michigan. Michigan's favorite at 17.5. Over under is 41.5. You know, it's funny. Michigan's ranked three in the country, but we barely talked about them on the show this year at all. Um, probably because they don't really have a ton of great wins outside of demolishing Penn State. Um, not many impressive wins. Um, but they do have Ohio State looming in the distance, right? So they have Ohio State coming up. Uh, Illinois had a great start to the season, now unranked. Uh, two pretty good defenses, two great rushing programs. I think Michigan just has a lot more to lose here. And I think Michigan covers uh, the 17.5. And, and I'm going to take the under uh, 41.5. You had Michigan cover. You said Michigan under? Is that right? Yeah, so I'm going to take Michigan minus 17.5 and, and the under at 41.5. And, and I will kick it over to Shep. Um, yeah, so like you said, um, uh, Illinois is an interesting program because um, they had gotten hot at the right time, and then but all of a sudden, have dropped two in a row. You know, it was looking like they were a feel good story, great feel good story of the year, one of them. Um, but two losses in a row probably going to keep them out uh, now of the conference championship game. Um, Wisconsin probably is able to hold on to to, to win that. Um, so that's tough. Um, and you know, I. Like you said, we haven't t- touched much on Michigan, but they haven't been a team to touch on. They, they, yeah, like agreed. you said, they, they're doing, they're you know, they're putting their head down, they're going to work, they're winning games, and that's why that has them at number three. Um, it's not going to matter for them. They're going to play Ohio State, um, so all the talk about I haven't played anyone's not going to matter. Um, yeah, if they can go get work done, you know, yeah. go on the road and win that game. I mean, if they can go on the road and win Ohio State. Yeah, they're it. So it doesn't matter. Um, so, uh, but you know what? They, it's I think it's a big thing is too. They haven't. They also haven't looked overly dominant in their back, like you know, in their wins too. I think that's been the thing, but I don't think it matters much here. I think because of what we just touched on, they need to win and they need to win with style. Um, so I like Michigan to to cover. Um, and you know what? I think I'm with you as well on the under. It's a small. That's a small point total, but um, I still like. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of scoring in this game. Fish. So. When I look at this game, I think back to our earlier playoff discussions, and I think Jim Harbaugh sees a opening that maybe this could be the year two Big Ten teams get in. Are you quoting your consultants, or is this actually you? This is actually me. Okay. My consul- I'm, I'm basing this. I feel more confident in this comment based okay. off of my consultants' picks because okay. all of my consultants picked Michigan to cover. Okay. They also all picked the over. Okay. So there's my over. And when I look at this, I think that Michigan is going to want to really run up the score uh, against what was once considered a good team. And I think Illinois 
has the ability to get in a touchdown or two uh, in order to get this done. And so I'm going to take Michigan to cover because I think Jim Harbaugh is going to want to really put points on the board, and I think Illinois is going to get a touchdown or two in the fourth quarter that's going to make the overhead. All right. Shep, why don't you do the introduction for this one? I like that. (laughs) Next up, we've got – you know, the perennial team that we've been talking about who doesn't still doesn't seem to be getting the respect that they probably deserve uh, here at TCU, playing at Baylor. Um, TCU, uh, number four TCU, going on the road to Waco, playing Baylor. Um, Two-and-a-half-point favor- two favorite on the road, over-under of 58. Um, big game, TCU's got to keep pace to... Uh, because he's got to win to have any chance at the playoffs. Um, so uh, with that, we'll, we'll kick it off. Uh, Fish, why don't you start us off here? On this one, i got to say, I have lost a lot of money this year betting against TCU. Uh, me too. I, me too. I, I have been so slow to get on this bandwagon. And I'm not going to lie, though, I made up all that ground last week when I took TCU money line. I think Texas is a little bit of a fraud. Still not good enough to cover. Hundred uh, percent. They're 100%. still better to cover against KU. That was a great. That was a great pick last week. I took that, and I'm going to take them here minus two and a half. I honestly think that this spread should be closer to six and a half because I think TCU is going to take this home, and it's going to be a blowout win. Last week was their chance to trip up. They sealed the deal. I think they're going to knock this one out of the park, and I'm also going to take the over here. Yeah, I mean, look, TCU proved themselves again last week. I mean, over and over again, they continued to deliver on the road, um, uh, beating Texas on the road 17-10 to 10 last week. And in order – so TCU, you know, they have a chance uh, to make it into the, into the college football playoffs. They have to go undefeated. So this game means a lot to them, uh, as Baylor does not. And, uh, look, T- TCU offense has been on fire. Uh, Baylor has been struggling the past couple weeks. Um, with that being said, you know you never know with these uh, Texas v Texas matchups. They're always interesting games. They're always a shit show. Um, and but the playoff pressure, you know, is that going to get to TCU? You know, is that going to you know is that going to make a difference in their play? Um, a lot of pressure on the Horned Frogs right now. Um, with that being said, I'm going to take TCU minus five in the over at fifty eight. Um. So yeah, I think the big thing here is. Uh, Dave Aranda, coach of Baylor, um, I mean, he put in a master class of coaching last year. Um, so I thought he was the next big thing. Um, obviously, Baylor has very much underperformed um, what people were expecting this year. Um, but I'll say um, here's the thing. What I'm most encouraged by TCU last week was their defense. Um, the fact is, we haven't seen it. That was the most complete defensive performance TCU has put on. And it's Explosive not Explosive offense, yes. not a defense. Yes. Right. Uh, they've had, no one's had any questions about their offense um, until last week, uh, you know, when they only put up 17, which is, you know, against a pretty solid Texas defense still. Um, but uh, at the end of the day there, they finally put together a solid, solid defensive performance. Um so, with that being said, still going on the road to Baylor, it's a tough place. I think every week is a trip-up week for them. I think yeah. you can't underestimate anyone in the Big 12 with the way teams over there can score. But I like TCU to keep it rolling, uh, to be honest. Agreed. Um, Agreed. I think TCU finds a way to get this one done. Uh, I'll take TCU in the over. All right, moving right along. 14-ranked Ole Miss at unranked Arkansas Ole Miss. 
Uh, favored by two and a half. The over-under is 63. Um, Arkansas is 5-5, five and five, including two consecutive losses to Liberty and LSU. Disappointing season for Arkansas after having a great season last year. Uh, Ole Miss, 8-2. Uh, uh, decent year, but suffered a gut-wrenching loss uh, to Alabama last week. Um, look, both both these team seasons are pretty much over. Uh, they have nothing to play for, so not really sure what kind of game we're going to get this, this week. Uh, is that going to be a bunch of backups? Are we going to see some sloppy play? Um, with that being said, you know, be, just because it's so much unknown, I think, for these teams, I'm going to take the underdog at home. I'm going to take Arkansas plus 2.5 and the over 63. Arkansas gave us the Clintons, so give me anyone else. You said over, right? Yeah, the over 63. Um, yeah, so here, here's here's my thoughts on this game. Um Ole Miss, yeah, you're right. Ole Miss has almost nothing to play for, but Arkansas is coming off of a brutal stretch. I mean, losing to Liberty at home. Um, there were a lot of high hopes for Arkansas coming into this year. Could they be a dark horse, um, you know, in a crowded West? Uh, but it turns out, no, they, they can't. Um, and while you're right, um, what can what does Ole Miss have left to play for? Um you know, I think the big thing is that this is not a game they want to go out and lose. Uh, I was a little surprised they were only a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Um, I thought this was be more closer to a five-point favorite just after the way they've been playing. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Ole Miss. Um, and I agree. I mean, I think these teams like to score. Um, so I'll take, the, uh, I'll take the over. Fish? So I'm fascinated by this game. One, by the fact that I think Ole Miss minus two and a half is a easy slam dunk. Uh, I think Arkansas is really underperformed. I don't think that they are the team that they were last year, and I think Lane Kiffin is still, you know, this might be a controversial statement, but I think he is really good at offense, and I think that he's going to allow them to put up some huge points here. Uh, I also received a text message that I failed to mention that TCU minus two and a half is Buddy Brett, one of my top consultants. Um, bet the farm pick of the week. So I just want to throw that out there. I mean, you're only a game late, but yeah. <laughs> yes. So Is that confirmed you're betting the Fisher Farm, the Fish Farm. Um, it's actually the the Buddy Brett's farm, and that is worth more than the Fisher Farm. So bet the farm pick of the week. TCU minus two and a half. Um, I also, my one caveat about this game that I find hysterical is that the over-under line on this game, a big, or excuse me, an SEC game has a higher line than a Big 12 matchup and a Pac-12 matchup. And so I think that's hilarious. I'm actually going to take the under here, uh, going against Howie and Shep on that one. But, yeah, got to have some difference makers, so... I got a little miss to cover and the under. All right. Now, moving along to my Bo Nix fraud game of the week. Uh, number 10 ranked Utah at number 12 ranked Oregon. Oregon's favored by three over under a 62 and a half. Like I said, this is my Bo Nix fraud game of the week. Uh, Oregon coming off a crushing loss to Washington last week. Here's the deal. Oregon has a great offense. No thanks to Bo Nix. Uh, but the Utes rank 22nd in total defense, uh, <coughs> allowing 327.9 yards per game. Uh, Utah is also 10th in turnover margin, so they, they've had a they've had a pretty good defense this year. Uh, is the fraud going to be able to score against the Utes? Uh, this could be a tight one. Look, this could be a tight one. I think it's an important uh, road win, must win for the Utes. 
and I can't root for the fraud. So I'm going to take youths plus three, and I'm going to take the under at 62.5. Youths plus three, under 62.5. Shep, why don't you take us from here? Yeah. Um, again, as we had talked about um, in the last one, I, I think of the, the next game we're going to talk about too, but this game as well, I think there's four teams still kind of all in the mix for who can win, who could be in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, so a lot of these teams could still kind of control their own destiny, I think, uh, to, a, to an extent. Um, but both Utah and Oregon are largely out of the playoff consideration at this point. Um, so this game is a little less important on that level. Um, so what is there to play for? Uh, you know, I think um, Utah will be a little bit more fired up coming um, – for that, considering Oregon is, um, you know, coming off of a, a crush, like you said, crushing defeat. And Bo Nix just simply, you know, even when he puts up good numbers, they seem to be empty numbers. That's why we call him fraud all the time. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, like you said, though, I think Utah's defense still is a solid defense. The numbers back it up, as you pointed out. Um, I like Utah to cover here. Um, if maybe they don't find – maybe Oregon can go ahead and get that last-second win – um, but I like Utah to cover, and I agree. I think this is going to be sixty-two seems pretty high for yeah, I agree. Uh, for teams that have actual do have defense. Um, so I will I'll take the under. I'm going to follow the consultants here. They said Utah, or excuse me, no wait, let me double check the notes here. Yes, they said Utah and the under. All right. Okay, all, no, all no additional analysis <laughs> required. Okay. I don't know anything about the Pac-12, but I agree with you. Bo Nix is a fraud. Okay, good. Bo Nix, you're welcome to come on the show anytime to defend yourself. Happy to chat. Okay, last game of the week. Here we go. Number 7 USC at number 16th ranked UCLA. USC is favored by 1.5 over under 75.5 wow. points. Shep's face, I wish you could see it, listeners, right Love now. Love it. Shocked. Absolutely Love shocked. Uh, look. This has been a pretty great comeback year for USC all in all. Going 9-1, and one, they have two very big games coming up. They're facing, obviously, UCLA this week, Notre Dame next week. So these are going to be big telling moments for USC. And look, USC is still alive, um, especially if TCU has some losses in the end of the year. Um, but both these offenses like to score a lot of points. I mean, 75.5 points, Vegas knows. Um, but don't count UCLA out here. You know, they're 8-2. and two. Um, They're scoring a ton of points uh, per game this year. Uh, with that being said, uh, USC is has the third best offense in the country right now. Caleb Williams is throwing for a million yards, 31 TDs this year. He's been pretty much perfect, two interceptions the whole year. Uh, by the way, Gino had two interceptions like the first quarter game of the year. Kind of year so. <laughs> he averaged two interceptions a game. <laughs> two interceptions a quarter is even more accurate. Okay, um, so this should be a high-scoring game. Um, I just can't lay the over. I, I cannot lay 70.5 points of the over. I'm going to take USC minus one and a half. Caleb Williams is going to have an incredible game. Are they going to be able to score 75 and a half points? I mean, I don't know. I'm going to take the under 75 and a half. Um, yeah, so uh, like you said, USC, Lincoln Riley done a fantastic job over there. Um, it's only a matter of time where he gets USC back into the playoffs. He's going to win a championship there. I mean, there's certain programs that when they get the right coach, they win a national championship. USC is one of them. Lincoln Riley seems to be the right coach. Um, I'd put LSU over there, too. I think uh, Brian Kelly could easily win a national championship, as we're seeing. Um, give him a couple of years at LSU. Um, so, with that being said, um, I mean, the biggest thing here is the job UCLA's done as well, though, Like as, as, um, as a program. When was the last time this game 
meant as much as it does. It's a great I mean, it's got, it has been it's a great 20 program. years yeah. that, fantastic since this season. game has fantastic mattered as, as much as it, as it has. Um, but you said, like you said, USC, their playoff hopes are still alive at the end of the day. Um, yes, it'll take, look, uh, it'll take TCU losing probably, but not even necessarily, right? Like if, if Georgia crushes LSU, Ohio State, Michigan, that's going to play itself out. Um UDSC takes care of business, they could sneak in as the four seed easily um, without TCU losing. So their playoff hopes are still very much alive. Um, so I, I think that's I think that's the thing you have to hang your head on. And I think Caleb Williams, like you said, all the dude does is throw touchdowns. And I think the fact they play on the West Coast, he's probably not getting as much Heisman hope, you know, benefit as he probably would be if he played at Alabama or somewhere over, uh, over East, um, or he was at Oklahoma. So uh, with that being said. I'm going to take USC to cover here, um, the one and a half. Are you going to lay the points? Are you going to lay the points, Chef? I mean, you know, against my better judgment at 75 and a half, you have to take the over here. Yeah. You have to. I mean, it's so ridiculous that why would you – I mean, if you take the under, you have – I know you took the under, but, I mean, just you, you may as well just go to bed. Like, you know, you. why watch sports otherwise to not cheer for this over? Fish, close us out here, last game. All right, guys. I'm going to start this on an awkward note. I have a cousin that married an Alabama fan, and my cousin's husband is now calling for Nick Saban to be fired because they have a two-loss season. And that got me thinking, which (coughs) college football programs would happily accept Nick Saban as their coach? UMass for sure. UMass for sure. Mizzou another. In a heartbeat. But what I would say, what I would say is, you know, the, you know, there are three programs that make me think that they would hang on to their head coaches over Nick Saban. You know, number one, obviously Georgia. Shep would agree. Number two, and I could be questioned on this. It's probably a little iffy. I think that Clemson has really got a big buy-in on Dabo Sweeney. Well, the issue is Dabo is probably going to Alabama in that scenario. Yeah, that's that's the other problem. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. But I would agree. Uh, at number three, though, I think USC would stick with Lincoln Riley. And that is why I'm taking USC in this game. If the points were bigger than one and a half, if it was just three and a half, I would take UCLA because this is a rivalry game. I do not understand California with any fiber of my being, but I do understand that USC and UCLA hate each other. And so... Anytime there's a rivalry game in sports, it's going to be played close. And so what I think about on this is just that USC is the better coached team. I agree with you. The quarterback is of higher quality. I think USC is going to get this done. And, you know, every consultant took the under. However, I'm going to buck that trend and ride with yes, Shep. Yes, yes. I'm betting it over. I'm going to stay up and I'm going to watch this game and cheer for every touchdown. I hope it's like 42 to 35 type of game. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited to watch it. Even though the Pac-12 as a conference is a fraud, it's going to be great. If you're still with us, <laughs> thank you so much for sticking this Friday one out. Friday night recording shows. Yeah, fr- fr- Friday, night re- <laughs> Friday night recording shows are something else. So if you're still with us, thanks for listening. And as we always do, Shep, close us out. Hey, you know what? It's a new week. 
getting close to the end of college football. Enjoy these last few weeks and go make some money. Fuck Dan Snyder.